Alright there, it's me again. Um, been in isolation because I had a had a COVID test, which luckily came back negative. But as you can hear, I've been a bit bunged up, a bit wheezy. Um, I didn't think it was COVID, but you can't be too careful when you're working in a in a school, for example. Frontline worker, me, you see. Um, yeah, so I thought I'd do another episode. Um, the bed, of course, is That's Not Me by Skepta. Classic bed, again. I only choose the classics. Um, luckily, Notes hasn't sent an Addison Lee for me after last week's episode. I thought it was maybe a bit too harsh on Notes. Although, to be honest, it's not a great song, is it? Um, it's nearly Christmas, so I thought... I'd treat us all to a lovely look at a sort of um, to and fro between two characters. It's I Love You by Dizzy Rascal. And the lady in the track doesn't perhaps get the recognition you deserve. If you went up to people and said, do you know the song I Love You by Dizzy Rascal? And they say, yeah. And I'd say to them, Who's the, do you know the name of the lady who's also in the song? I reckon 99 out of 100 people would say... Say no, I don't know the name. Her name's Janine Jacques, or Jack, however you want to say it. It's the French spelling of Jack. Good. So we'll stop that bed there, and we'll jump straight in to "I Love You" by Dizzy Rascal. Now I remember um, my brother and I were watching one of the music channels back in the day, probably you know mid noughties and we saw "Fix Up Look Sharp." Um, and the music video for that, and it was that classic sort of boy in the corner, um, yellow and black and white vibe, I think. And that's the album that this is from as well, I Love You. And I remember seeing that for the first time with my brother and thinking, wow, who's this guy? This is brilliant. And we loved Fix Up Look Sharp. And then consequently, my brother went and bought an album. He was a bit older than me. He's about four and a half years older than me. So a lot of uh, music that I like is influenced from him. Or by him, should I say. But, yeah, um, I went on to listen to, you know, a couple of Dizzy Rascal's albums. I know he uh, famously sold out, as they say, um, where he started doing pop music. You know, fair play to him. But really, his first couple of albums are what we really loved and um, we often listen to. Back in the day, it was a great sound coming out of East London, Bow, etc., where that we didn't perhaps know too much about until people like Dizzy Rascal. So a trailblazer, perhaps. This song is called "I Love You," um, you know, and I've read Keats, I've read Wordsworth, I've read Neruda, you know, love poems, uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, Sonnet Forty Three. This is very different to your archetypal romance. Very, very different indeed. But it still explores the power of those three key words, I love you, and what impact they can have. We've got a bit of a storyline here. We've got a message. And I think this is a good one to explore because we have two voices at times as well. As as I mentioned earlier, Dizzy Rascal, um, named Dylan Mills, of course, but... Um, his stage name Dizzy Rascal and Janine Jack who um 
is sort of trying to fight back at times as well. So let's just uh, start the song. Let's have a listen. We will listen to the intro because it places the, um, uh, the importance on those three words. Um, and then we'll listen to verse one. Okay, wow. This is a perfect example of what we call in media res. Um, where you're thrown into the action. It's the Latin, it means in the middle of things or in the middle. And we're thrown straight in to a, a, a dilemma that this voice has. Now, as I said before, I read Keats and, and Neruda, you know, Neruda says on Love in Sonnet 89, when I die, I want to feel the softness that changed my destiny. So that, you know, intimate tactile love. John Keats wrote in a letter to Fanny Braun, his his young love, my love is selfish, it cannot breathe without you. Let's see how Dizzy Rascal tackles love. And I think it might be quite different. So... Um, in media res, we're thrown in the middle. So Dizzy Rascal says, Yo, if that girl knows where you stay, that's poor. Some whore banging on your door, what for? <laughs> now, um, what he's saying here is don't let her know where you live, all right? You you can't escape if you let someone know where you live. And I think the dilemma here, here is a girl has suspected that she's pregnant and she might... Um, it's it's suggested, well, it's said, not suggested, it's said that she's underage as well, 15, which, of course, in the United Kingdom, um, and you can't, it's illegal to commit a sexual act with anyone who's under the age of 16. So lots of dilemmas here. Not only has he got a, a, a young woman, a young girl pregnant, he's also, um, she knows where he lives, so he can't run away. Um, so this is a, I think an issue that, you know, became quite prominent in the early, early to mid noughties, you know, teen pregnancy was through the roof, I think. And the area I was from as well, it was sort of joked about at times, but really should have been lamented how many people and girls in my school got pregnant when they were in year 10, for example, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, nothing to do with me, by the way. So, um, the he says, pregnant, what are you talking about? Be sure. So he's questioning, there's three questions in quick succession here. Um, what for, pregnant, what are you talking about? Be sure. Um, so he's he's confused, perhaps worried, and he's trying to 
clarify this scenario. He says, 15, she's under age, that's raw, and against law, five years or more. We've spoken about that. Well, the five years or more is interesting because I think uh, there's two ways of looking at that, I suppose. Does Dizzy Rascal think actually five years or more, wait until they're about 20 minimum for them to be to be um, at the right age to be a mother? Or do, I, I think probably the latter here, which I'm about to say, the the idea that he could be in prison for five years. Now, I read up on this. I think Dizzy Rascal wrote this when he was 16. So he's actually of legal age and she isn't. He's, despite being a far fine margin, it is illegal. And therefore, he could face real consequences. Um, anyway, now she wants a score and a half of a draw. Now, <laughs> does... Again, there's a lot of, um, and this is why I like this this track because there's lots of different ways of looking at the lines he says, and there's a lot of double entendres that we'll see as we go down. Now she wants a score and a half of a draw. So, a, a half of a draw is like a having some of his his weed, his cannabis. Okay, um, only half of one, and a score is twenty pounds. So. She's come round asking for money and drugs. Not the best there for a, a suspected pregnant teen or or a, a, a woman who's pregnant of any age, I suppose. That's the kind of threat that you can't ignore. That whore got you pinned down to the floor. Well, you know, that, that metaphor there of being pinned down, being stuck, being trapped, she's clearly not going to go down the abortion route. She's going to keep it. It, she's saying it's his, he doesn't want anything to do with this, and now he's in this dilemma. But then, perhaps this voice is talking to themselves here, this internal conflict, but it's your own fault, you said the three magic words, and then the voice um, sort of in the background goes, I love you, again, so it reminds us of that, that intro, that prelude to this song, of the, the stammered, I love you. And then after that, he says, when that's the one for the birds. And I think this is where Dizzy Rascal's really clever. One for the birds, of course, is a phrase that is, it means something is useless or unreliable. Um, so is he saying the phrase, I love you, is a useless and unreliable, pointless phrase, doesn't mean anything, it's futile uh, when you say it? Or does he mean, actually, you should let girls say it? Because birds, of course, being slang for female. So yeah, Dizzy Rascal here, clever wordplay. I think he intended that one for the birds, and certainly if he was at school at the time, maybe he'd learnt this idiom through through some of his literature lessons or other lessons, of course. Um, I'm just uh, obviously biased when it comes to learning literature. Good. Um, then he goes down, he says... When you said that, she forgot other boys. So when you said, I love you, all her other boys that she was talking to or maybe having a relationship with, she's sort of dropped because you're the one who said the three magic words, I love you. That is the voice perhaps clinging on to the idea that maybe someone else could be the father of this child. And 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 that's amplified later in, in this verse and perhaps the second verse, we'll see. It's over. And that's a declarative statement, is it? You better start buying the toys. We don't know if Dizzy Rascal's talking to himself 
or to a friend. But either way, it's pretty damning, that statement, isn't it? You better start buying the toys, so get your um, get your nursery prepared for the child or something like that. There was no intention of her being wife, so um, he just wanted to, this quick... Uh, again, I keep saying it, quick fix. I said it in the last episode... Now she knows this, she's ending your life. Very doom and gloom again. It's a real shame that you got had by the whores. The plural there suggests this has happened on a few occasions, perhaps. Um, and he's sort of using that collective term for women to say that, to show that there's sort of some sort of evil, witchcraft, black magic, um, poisonous creatures who who take, you know, use sort of some sort of voodoo or something to, you know, reel you in to impregnate them. Um, again, views on women are not great in these songs, but it's interesting to explore them nonetheless. And that's where he says, and he finishes this verse by saying, it's a shame that kid probably ain't yours. Um, so he's trying to cling on to that hope. There are other potential fathers out there what um i shouldn't it shouldn't be pinned on me just yet we need to try and prove it now you can't get paternity tests or maternity well i say maternity tests you know who the mother is silly me but you can't get paternity tests on the nhs you have to pay privately i imagine dizzy rascal obviously wrote this when he was 16 a young boy not much money probably just living off pocket money maybe had a paper round in the bow area who knows but he would have had much and that young girl's coming around asking for 20 quid and he's complaining about that. So he clearly doesn't have money to pay for a paternity test. And probably too embarrassed or scared, fearful of his parents' reaction to go and tell them, actually, mum, I might have got a girl pregnant. Can you check and can you use um, some money to check if I'm the father? Right, let's jump on to the chorus anyway. Um now, this is a real sort of expostulation and reply. I wouldn't quite call it stickamythia. I don't think it's a quite a quick enough to and fro that you'd see in perhaps a Greek tragedy or in a Shakespearean tragedy. Um, but uh, there's clearly a heated debate between Dizzy Rascal and Janine Jack. Um, so we'll listen to that and see what the dilemma has caused and what sort of argument it's caused. Well, um, clearly some bad blood here. There's clear friction. It's not going to be a smooth childhood if this baby does come about, is is it? Um, Dizzy Rascal starts with, That girl's some bitch, you know. She keeps calling my phone. She don't leave me alone. She just moan and groan. She keeps ringing me at home. Well, Dizzy, if you've got her pregnant, I don't really blame her. If she thinks you're the dad, she might want to ring you and let you know that sort of stuff. So I don't know if you can really moan about that. He says, these days, I don't answer my phone. 
Um, so he's ignoring her. He's trying. He's burying his head here. He's hoping the problem will go away, but she keeps ringing him. I like the assonance and the sort of internal rhyme, moan and groan. It's got that sort of oral quality to it, that ongoing droning that he, he feels like she's doing when she's probably just worried about the future of her child. But she replies, and we hear from the, the female voice um, herself. Uh, I'm not going to perhaps pat Dizzy Rascal on the back for giving the female a voice because really it's a minimalised voice and it's also and he's also very derogatory still. But we'll um we'll we'll look at that. He says, That boy's some prick, you know, all up in my hair, thinks that I care, keeps following me here, keeps following me there. And I like that, um I suppose anaphora where you begin uh, a line or a phrase with the, the start the the same the same phrase that you started with, keeps following, keeps following. So the idea, this is an ongoing cycle. She's trying to put the shoe on the other foot, if you like, or the um, show that actually it's not her pestering him. He won't leave her alone. So we don't know the truth, is what I'm saying. Um, and then they, uh, they've clearly moved on with their relationships and they're having a chat and spot they've spotted someone in the street. Ain't that your girl? No, it ain't my girl. I swear that's your girl. Of course it ain't my girl. That's where it becomes like a stick of mythia there. We've got that fast to and fro between the two. And it's that quick, fire, aggressive um, argument and conflict. She got juiced up. Oh, well, she got jacked up. So she's had sex, I believe. Juiced up will mean... Um, with someone else, someone else has juiced her up, which is quite a disgusting phrase when you think about it. And then Dizzy Rascal tries to get one up, uh, one over on her by saying, I swear that's your man, I ain't got no man, but you was with that man, he was just any man, he got hotted up, oh well, he got whacked up. I don't know what hotted up and whacked up means, maybe it could uh something to do with uh, fighting, whacked up might be, um he's been beaten up, he's... He's not a, a strong man, is perhaps what Dizzy Rascal's saying. Anyway, we're going to... I've spent a long time on this song already. This is another two verses, so there's a lot of detail. I'm going to probably jump down to verse three, and then we'll end it there. So we'll see how we get on. The reason I'm jumping down is because, you know, the middle verse is, becomes that sort of boastful. I'm Dizzy Rascal, don't mess with me. I'm going to shoot you up. I'm going to... I don't think he says stab you up, but that sort of thing. So it's a hubristic middle verse where he's talking about how powerful and and pride-filled he is. Um, so we'll jump down. And there's more hubris in this final verse, but I think there's more of a story to it. So I thought it'd be better to look at this one. Anyway, here we go. Wow, right, that's the final verse and then it goes into the chorus one more time and then there's a sort of outro as well. So, you know, a good four minutes this song um, from intro to outro. Uh, 
and lots lots of layers to it I suppose compared to some of the other tracks we've looked at um, anyway he says and he starts addressing someone else now so maybe there's another man involved who's currently seeing the girl there's all sorts of bother going on anyway isn't there he says listen I like your girl so you better look after your girl or I might take your girl and make your girl my girl this is uh, Dizzy Roscoe going in you know he often uses very fast pace emceeing um, and the repetition of your girl uh, I think is a really important use of repetition because he, he keeps highlighting what he's coming for, what he's going to take and that continues when he says switch your girl with Chantel, switch Michelle with Chantel play Chantel with, uh, sorry, switch your girl with Michelle switch Michelle with Chantel, play Chantel with Chanel and all those names are sort of variants of one another. And I like how it becomes this sort of blur of all these women that he can have on this sort of dizzy rascals female merry-go-round that he's able to to play off. And that merry-go-round's amplified by the use of anaphora again. Switch your... Switch, switch. I'm changing up, I'm changing up. I'm able to um, recycle um, women, basically. Um... He says, lyrical clientele, but I ain't a bouquet. I don't like the smell. Now, a bouquet is someone who goes down on a woman uh, and commits the act of fellatio. Um, but he says he doesn't like the smell, um, so he doesn't do that. Um, I don't know why he has to mention that bit of information. Um, but, yeah, we know a bit about Dizzy Rascal's um, preferences in the bedroom there. I'm going to go for a shell and make a boy feel unwell. Does that mean he's going to shoot someone and make them feel unwell? I think that's Lytotes there, make you feel unwell. That means you've got a bit of a runny nose, doesn't it, unwell? But actually, if you've been shot, I think you're a bit more than unwell. So the Lytotes there, it perhaps brings draws emphasis onto what he's going to do. And it also conveniently rhymes with smell, doesn't it? Um, that girl's from school, that girl's from college. That girl gives brains, that girl gives knowledge. Now, I don't... Oh, well, I know he doesn't mean uh, that she's an, uh, a lecturer or someone who's able to uh, transmit knowledge to, from one person to another or anything like that. I think really what he means here is uh, a fellatio again, where he's talking about um, the girl gives brains, that's slang for a blowjob, and, and so is head and shines. Um now, he, he presents this to us in an asyndetic list, which is a list with no connective. She gives brains, knowledge, head, shines, BJs at all times. And, and he uses five things there. It all means the same thing, but suggests how um, he thinks that she is a woman who is perhaps loose morally. Um, she looks decent, she looks fine. But don't talk about wifey, she's not mine. So he says, look, he acknowledges that she's an attractive girl, but he's never going to be with her because she got batteried six in a line. Didn't really know what that means, but I do now. To be batteried means to have, you know, uh, sec have sex with many people at once. So he's saying, why would I get with a woman who has done stuff like that? She doesn't have... She's not wife material, is what he's saying. So, some interesting messages from Dizzy Rascal. Um, let's let's perhaps reflect on this. 
Dizzy Rascal is warning boys perhaps of his age, young men of his age, be careful when you're putting it about because they can come and knock on your door, women, the evil, almost witch-like women um, that, he, that he presents them at, as in this, uh, the manipulative women. Be careful when you're with them. And I think that's a real tragedy, isn't it, when Dizzy Rascal was placing the entire blame not entire blame, but most the blame on them being horrible and ruining his life. He does accept some blame, you know, shouldn't have said I love you, which is the title of this song as well. Spell I-L-U-V and then um, just the letter U to add that slang element to it. Dizzy Rascal doesn't perhaps realise the impact of his behaviour. He uh, He's using this song as a didactic piece to teach his listeners, watch out, be careful, don't um, mix with the wrong sort of girls because this is what can happen to you. But he doesn't perhaps realise the impact of his own um, actions, which is a real shame. I hope he's learned from this. I think he's uh, he was a lot older now. If he was 16 when this came out, he must be in his early 30s at least. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's I Love You. Lots of um, interesting wordplay in the song. A bit more advanced than some of the stuff we just did, particularly last week's episode. Anyway, I'm going to stop attacking notes before he attacks me. Good. Listen to us on Spotify, uh, Anchor. You can go directly via Anchor. We're on Apple uh, Podcasts and various other places as well. Have a listen, enjoy it, see you later.